This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. But if you want to be a true professional, you will do something outside yourself, something to repair tears in your community, something to make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. That's what I think a meaningful life is. One lives not just for oneself, but for one's community. Doubtlessly, some of you will recognize that voice. That is the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was born March 15, 1933, in Brooklyn, New York. She died September 18, 2020, in Washington, D.C. at the age of 87. And Justice Ginsburg, or RBG, as she's known colloquially, was a justice on the Supreme Court from 1993 until her death in 2020, and was only the second woman to serve on the court behind Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. And RBG studied at Cornell, Harvard, and Columbia in pursuit of her law degree, and one is the, and at the time was one of the very few women, this is the late 50s, mind you, to do so. Not to mention that she finished first in her law school class, but who's surprised to hear that? Now, in her early career, she worked on international procedure and worked extensively in Sweden, of all places, even co-authoring a book with a fellow lawyer there. And of course, to do so, she learned Swedish and observed closely, as anyone who has ever spent extended time overseas has, she observed the differences between Swedish and American culture. And this strongly influenced her well-known stances on gender equality, for which she vocally advocated her entire career. And there is much that can be read on her career, and it was an illustrious one at that. She wrote many famous majority decisions and many even more popular dissenting opinions while seated on the Supreme Court. And especially late in her life, she was admired and came to prominence in the years before her death. And she was quite a judge. And as I mentioned when we covered Billings' learned hand, that as a Supreme Court justice, she was both a great orator and communicator. And that's one of my most favorite things about listening to judges' rulings and statements. They're all, nearly to a person, eloquent, intellectual, and very thought-provoking. And I know what you're thinking. Well, that's weird, Matt. It's a weird thing to say that you enjoy listening to judges' rulings. Maybe. But I think the profession requires them to speak and think and communicate effectively. And so I admire it, much as I admire people who are excellent public speakers for many of the same reasons. And this is part of the reason why I've leaned on this clip to provide us something to think about this week. So, to set the stage here, Justice Ginsburg delivered today's quote and other remarks equally compelling during a Rathburn, or excuse me, Rathburn lecture at Stanford University in 2017. This is just three years before her death. The self-proclaimed purpose of the Rathburn Fund which supported this visiting lecture is, quote, for exploring what leads to a meaningful life, end quote. And, of course, we love that question here at Quotations, don't we? What leads to a meaningful life? 
Now, of course, this is a hard question to answer, and responses from RBG and Oprah and the Dalai Lama and others at the Rathbun, on the Rathbun Lecture circuit have attempted to answer it, and all of those clips are available on the Stanford website for you to view. But something about RBGs really got me. And it could be the maternal characteristics one can't help but apply to the then 84-year-old Ginsburg. She is both wise and driven and also devoted to her profession. She wears large, thick glasses and has that small stature that can't help but feel like you could be sitting across from her at Thanksgiving dinner. And of course, those things are a recipe for inspiring speech, the trust of the listener, and a remembrance of the words. So here we are. And remember that Ginsburg is giving a speech and then fielding questions before a portion of the Stanford student body, and immediately before this has been asked to define a meaningful life. So here's the quote again. This is what Gins Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg says when asked to define a meaningful life in her own words. She says, But if you want to be a true professional, you will do something outside yourself, something to repair tears in your community, something to make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. That's what I think a meaningful life is. One lives not just for oneself, but for one's community. Now, interestingly enough, for me, at least, the word that stands out amongst all the other words here is the word little. Why? Well, one need only look around and see how much challenge and difficulty and hardship and pain there is in the world. It is literally all around us. Now, that's not to say that life is all suffering. Anyone who believes that is as blind as someone who believes that there's no suffering at all. There is also plenty of good, plenty of happiness, plenty of enjoyment to be had in the world. But for this quote, we're examining the bad, because that's what Ginsburg calls us to consider. Now look around you. Take a moment, literally or in your mind, and find the pain, the challenges, the difficulties, and the sorrows of the world. Just think about it. If there's not something around you that is painful or sorrowful or challenging or difficult, that's okay. Surely you've seen something in the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, something that stands out in your mind as difficult or challenging or sad. Perhaps it's the parent struggling with the difficult child in the grocery store. Perhaps it's the homeless beggar on the median at your local stoplight. Or maybe it's the, the tearful families displaced in Ukraine as a result of the war that's going on there right now. It is all around us. Now, let's consider Ginsburg's statement. Quote, something to make life a little bit better for people less fortunate than you. Again, the word that jumps off the page at me, or jumps out of the video in this case, for me, is the word little. Ginsburg isn't calling us to solve all the world's problems. No one can do that. If someone could do that, they most certainly would have done that. Now this sounds, of course, self-evident, and perhaps it is for you, but I know for me, it can often feel like there's so much that needs helping, so many people less fortunate than I, that I don't even know where to begin. At all. And so if you're like me, 
this can be a daunting task. When you think about the, the, the term, and it's very loaded, less fortunate than you. Think about how many people that is. I made reference a couple of episodes ago, perhaps it was the last episode, talking about micro, about how there are approximately a billion people in the world at any given time who, if they could snap their fingers, would gladly trade places with you. Gladly, without a second thought, no matter how bad your circumstances are. The very fact that you're listening to this podcast in your ears or over your phone through Bluetooth or wired headsets means that you are living a life that some people will never experience. Ever. And that's easy to discard when it happens on the other side of the world. It's easy to discard when you are driving in your car, your multi-thousand dollar car that you're, you're headed to or from. It doesn't matter how broken down that thing is to the job that you have or to the job interview that you're going to, that you have your kids or your family or you're going to a nice dinner or whatever, wherever you find yourself listening to this. Understand that even by listening to this podcast alone, you're living a life that some people cannot in their wildest dreams imagine ever doing. And when you think about that and think about how many people are in that category, you understand fully how many people there are out there that are less fortunate than you. And that's taken in the macro. And as we have done here many times before, consider the micro, right? Consider the small case, the close to you case, not the world. You don't need to solve the world's problems. Consider the micro case of the people that you pass on the street every day, the people that you pass in the halls at work, the people that you pass and maybe say a, a, an unkind word to in the car as they cut you off or you cut them off. Every single person that you come in contact with has some sorrow, some sadness, some difficulty, and some challenge in their life. And what I like to think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is saying here with this statement is that you don't have to solve all the world's problems. You can't, but instead make the world a little bit better for people less fortunate than you. And that is the point that I like to take from her statement, that we don't have to do it all. We don't even have to do most or a majority or even a lot, just a little. Now, that may not be how Ginsburg intended her remark to be interpreted, but it's my interpretation. It's my interpretation to do something, anything, be it ever so slight, to make life a little bit better for a person less fortunate than I am. Now you may be asking yourself, well, Matt, great. I can't solve the world's problems. I might not even be able to solve the problems of the people that I pass in the hall every day. So what are some little things that I can do? Well, perhaps a place for us to start is with our own lives. Right? Consider the challenges that what challenges you on a daily basis. Maybe not every day, right? But frequently enough that when I said that, when I said, what challenges you on a daily basis, something immediately jumped into your mind. Perhaps you struggle to feel well put together or fashionable or attractive. Perhaps you have a feature that you try to hide. Maybe it's a freckle or a mole or a gap in your teeth or a scar. Perhaps you struggle with confidence in conversation, feeling shy or as if you have nothing to say. Start there, because those are not unique. Yours, certainly, your individual instance is unique, but there are other people that experience those same things. I picked those three examples because those three examples are, I would guess, very common. So what would you like someone to do or say about how you dress? How could someone engage you in conversation without glancing past you, without a single thought? 
What might make you feel like there's plenty about you that is seen without your sensitive imperfection, quote unquote, being the thing that's seen? Well, do that. Say that. And you fulfilled Justice Ginsburg's charge. You have made the life of someone less fortunate than you a little bit better. And as a reminder, this is not less fortunate in the pitiful way, right? You're not doing this because you feel badly for someone, but less fortunate in not having the confidence or relative ease about a specific thing that you are confident or are at relative ease with. Where they are weak, you can give them strength. Where they're scared, you can give them comfort. And in return, someone can be strong where you are weak. Someone can give you comfort when you are scared. And these are micro examples. These are very simple. It's engaging that person who's quiet at work in conversation and asking how their weekend went. If they're quiet and people have a hard time interacting with them, they probably don't get asked that very often. Reach out to that person. Have that conversation. Notice that somebody has a new piece of jewelry or their hair looks a little bit different. Make a positive comment about that thing. It's not hard, but it could mean the world to that person. You never know what those words or those actions or those deeds could do for somebody else. And this is important. It costs you nearly nothing to do that. It's not difficult to compliment someone. It's not difficult to engage someone in conversation. It's not difficult to give someone your attention, even if it's just for a brief moment. And please, listener, this is not some Pollyanna or Eloian utopian world where we all just love each other and the world is magically perfect. Far from it. right? Rather, this idea leverages the work of multiple human lifetimes, arguably all of our human lifetimes, to make the world a little bit better than it was. Empathy, kindness, and concern beget more of the same. Be empathetic, be kind, be concerned about somebody else, and they will turn around and be empathetic and kind and concerned about others, possibly even you. And in this way, we all live a more meaningful life, which is what Ginsburg is calling for here, which is what Ginsburg was asked to define and came up with these marvelous words that we have listened to twice now that challenge us to do something for our community, to make life a little bit better for those less fortunate than us. So try it, won't you? See the humanity in one person today and do something to make it just a little bit better. And I'll bet, bet you, it feels pretty good. Pretty meaningful, even. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me, at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.